on this episode of Japan 2.0. Take the Tokyo you imagine. For me, it was blending of like high end stuff. Like everyone's just super fashionable wearing like Comme des Garçons and Yoji Yamamoto, but they're playing video games at the same time. And there's good news and there's bad news. Bad news is that that's not really Japan. Hey everyone, just wanted to kind of give a、uh, little overview of a trip to Tokyo that I'm taking.、Uh, today it'd be mid June, around June 15th or so. And I thought this would be a particularly interesting time to kind of give everyone an update on、uh, what's going on in Tokyo, being that the Olympics、uh, were planned to have started here、uh, in about one month's time.、Um, so normally this would be a time it'd be almost impossible. To take a last minute trip out to Tokyo、uh, just because everything would be booked and prices、uh, would have been incredibly high. I was checking to kind of take、uh, every June, my wife and I come out to Tokyo, at least for the last five or six years. And,、um, you know, it's been our annual thing. And when I was checking prices a couple months back, it was just、uh, unaffordable. A hotel that normally would be $100, you know, had turned into a $400 hotel、uh, if you could find it.、Um, so, Uh, without、um, much backstory, I think everyone would know or remember 2020, no matter what time you're finding this podcast, is the time of a global pandemic. So that's how it's changed a lot of things. And、um, now I'm out here and、uh, it's very, very cheap.、Uh, we're staying at a hotel that's normally about $140 a night and it's running about $25 a night or so. Uh, that, that was particularly a good deal. I would say most places are about half off, though, in general. And、um, yeah, so for us,、uh, the state of emergency had been lifted. People were going back out again. So we just kind of took the opportunity to last minute trip out here. And it's been really, really interesting so far.、Um, I had a couple things I kind of just wanted to, to see, which was in general how crowded are things going to be. And then also, how as the, you know, the Olympics are supposed to be pretty much going on now or starting now.、Um, and how is that? Like, how has it changed the city? A little bit of background. We generally come out to Tokyo about two to three times a year, I would say.、Um, but this has been the longest stretch since I've lived in Japan for seven years or so、uh, without going to Tokyo. Part of that's due to the pandemic. I had two business trips canceled. Um, earlier this year, starting in December, actually. That was really early for things being canceled. But yeah, two trips being canceled. And then I think we just,、uh, my family was going、uh, to Hawaii. So we just canceled the trip to, to save money for that. So anyway, yeah, it's been a long time. So I really had the, the itch, as we call it, the Tokyo itch, Matt and I. Really craving coming out here. And yeah, the excitement was so strong. And, you know, it's, it's nice to not come for a while so you can kind of feel. That excitement all over again. And、uh, kind of on first impression, to be honest, of course, not that much had changed. I did notice, right, when we got out of the Shinkansen at Shinagawa Station, that、um, 
it seemed to be far less crowded. I mean, the Shinkansen in general was about 50% as booked as it would have been at that time. And just usually Shinagawa is a big business hub these days, and uh, it's just packed running around. And uh, there's this long hallway you go through there. If you've ever been, you'll definitely know the one. And now they have all these like TV monitors, hundreds of TV monitors uh, on parallel on the side. And that was like the first time I've gone down there and just not seen like a sea of people, particularly in, in suits usually. And that, that was kind of crazy. And that was a yeah, harbinger a bit for, I would say things are about 60% as crowded here as they normally would be, uh, maybe 50% even, which you might be like, oh yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. But compared to the Kansai where, where Matt and I are, I can't really say much for Osaka because I've not been in a long time. But Kobe, my city, which is a city of 2 million people, I would say in the last three weeks or so, so since it May, it's just been back to normal. I'd say ninety five percent capacity of what it was before. Everyone's out, small izakaya, you know, which is like the place where people still are getting corona in Japan. Uh packed full of people, lines to get in places. Um so I kinda thought it'd be the same out here and I was a little actually concerned by that. Um however, no, it's been dead and one of the main points I'll kind of talk about in this podcast is uh, this is one of the highlights of my trip in terms of what I was looking forward to doing, which was going to uh, the Shibuya Parko building, which is technically a department store, but it's just, it's, I don't know what you would call it. It's an entertainment center. I mean, there's not roller coasters in there, but there's a whole like inter- entertainment amusement floor and uh, like restaurants everywhere and it's a little city in its own. And uh, I was really worried going there on the weekend, but um yeah, there was nobody there. My wife kept joking and saying that she felt like Jay-Z and Beyonce or something because every shop we went into uh, was just like custom service. And that kind of leads me to my next point, which is with all this lack of people, and I think with these places hurting for money, the sales tactics of a lot of these places have been kind of aggressive for Japan that we've been going to. Uh, there's just, I mean, you always see people in the street handing out brochures or kind of saying, come into our shop, you know, shouting out. But these have been like more like direct, like really a lot of eye contact or like kind of like blocking your path a little bit. Some, a couple of times that's happened. Um, we went to like just Levi Jean Shop because they had like a cool Mario <laughs> collaboration going on. And the lady there was like ruthless. Like and I, t- I tried on some stuff and until I was out the door, like I was like, I was like, okay, no, I'm fine. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your help. And then she'd like run and get me something else. And we're on the third floor. And she ran down the stairs all the way to the first floor um, to show me like one more item. Literally, like my foot was out the door of the shop. And she was like still trying to like show me stuff. And I don't think these people work on commission. I mean, maybe, maybe they do, but um, I, I doubt it. I've never really got that feeling before living in Japan. And yeah, I've just never seen people needing like sales so badly. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely, you know, sad and things like that, but, uh, yes, it's kind of a different side of Japan or there's a million tourists here usually. So to be kind of getting all this attention and people really want your business in some ways it's kind of nice because, uh, you could very often be ignored or, you know, they're just thinking about the next tourist is going to walk in behind you, um, five seconds later, but, um, yeah, you're getting a lot of attention for, for better or for worse. coming at you from a very popular request 
Uh, we had a couple users say that they liked uh, the Walks and Talks series that we had done before. Um, I did one I know from Shibuya, maybe one more. I can't actually remember where right now. Um, but once again, this podcast uh, finds me walking through Shibuya. But uh, I didn't obviously want to do the same thing again with Shibuya. So I'm walking towards Harajuku. So I'm just on the edge of Shibuya, walking over the Harajuku. And I'm going out for late morning, early lunch, brunch, I guess that's called. Uh, um, donuts and we've talked about these donuts before on the podcast but uh we think they're the best donuts in japan and you know very interestingly the place is trying to do a american style donut you know they really try to capture that kind of americana feel which is a really really big thing here um and it's kind of funny matt and i are both from america but i think our favorite donuts in the world are these japanese donuts that are trying to do it american style um yeah, and uh, that's where I'm going now. Uh, um, first part of this podcast, you would have heard me kind of say, not much uh, change in Tokyo. Uh, you know, with the Olympics being here, um, with coronavirus, so it is much, much less crowded. I was out on a Sunday yesterday, and definitely if you're in the kind of touristy districts, I walked on the main drag of Harajuku for a bit, and just, yeah, I kind of instantly had to jump off of it uh, due to it's hard to avoid people or to social distance for sure so I thought that was kind of interesting and my wife reminded me that you know really for a lot of people here it's a six day work week still and on the Saturday before you know we were out and it wasn't so crowded and she said yeah we'll wait until Sunday and she was kind of right in a way that Sunday still brings out a lot of people so still pretty crowded um you know the tower records in shibuya it's a pretty well-known landmark i'm walking right by that now crossing over to harajuku from you know shibuya station the harajuku station i'd say it's maybe a 20 minute walk if you're a brisk walker um but you can kind of get to like an edge of shibuya to an edge of harajuku where i'm going in just about five or ten minutes um i'm staying on the shibuya side so a lot of people always kind of ask us about um hotel recommendations and things and we're not very good at that because we live here and it's i don't know i'm staying with friends sometimes or yeah i don't always have good hotel recommendations but i do finally have one now if you are coming to tokyo and that's probably one of the top places our listeners are going to be going and i stayed at a place called hotel emit e-m-i-t essentially located right by everything you need to get to um really cheap get kind of a local feeling not a touristy feeling you can stay there so i recommend hotel emmett look it up it's a really cool area even if you don't stay there it's kind of a cool area uh, especially if you're into like clothing and japanese fashion i recommend that spot so from the start of this i was leaving shibuya over by tower records and i'm now in harajuku already i'm on a street called cat street which is definitely one of the cooler spots in Harajuku. A lot of people go to Takashi Doroshi, I think it's called Takatoroshi. I don't even know the name because I really don't like it there. Um, it's really, really crowded. If you're like coming to Japan one time and you're a tourist and you like doing touristy things, I guess you should go there. Um, it is what makes Harajuku famous, for part of it at least. 
but for me, it would not be a district worth talking about uh, if it wasn't for Udahara, which I might record in a little bit later, which basically was like the backside of Harajuku. And that's where a lot of the street fashion started in Japan. And then Cat Street is a much more laid back feeling than both of those places. Um, I think it's called Cat Street because the street is supposed to be like a catwalk, but I don't know. I don't really get that feeling. It kind of just feels like a normal street in Tokyo, but it's nice because there's not a lot of cars that drive through. And uh, there's a lot of just kind of casual places, cafes you could sit out at. Um, there's a barbecue place called Smokehouse that's really, really good over there. But most importantly, there's this uh, donut shop that we all like so much. So that's where I'm trying to go right now. Uh, we'll always get, get lost trying to find it. But yeah, it's Tokyo for being such a big city, if you don't know, is so walkable. Um, you can just walk everywhere here. I do, we haven't found the train in the four days that we've been here, I think, as an example. We just walk everywhere. Um, we have taken a taxi once because it was raining. My wife has a broken toe as I'm making her walk around everywhere. So I usually don't like taking taxis, but uh, this seemed like a, a good occasion to take a taxi today. But you can probably kind of hear, you know, there's a lot of construction going on during my early parts of my walk, but there's also really, really quiet areas too. So I'm about ready to be at Good Town Donuts. That's the name at the secret spot. I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, Good Town Donuts. Uh, I think the best donuts ever. I went yesterday and they did not have the coconut donut, which is my favorite and the most elusive. So I'll report back for you and let you know if I got the coconut donut today. my donut no absolutely not uh yeah this is a side of japan that definitely exists keeps it exciting i guess you never know what you're gonna get uh it can be probably for me it's the thing time and time again after living here for seven years i get the most frustrated with i'm a very consistent person i'm a habit or routine for better or for worse that can make me boring i think boring person as well but um yeah it could be frustrating uh the worst part is like when you go to a shop that's supposed to be open you're following their hours in japan you know it's not always just like oh yeah shops are off on sunday or something you know, every shop or certain kinds of genres of shops have certain days off you know some kind of shops take off on mondays and tuesdays but you follow all those you do all your research you check the social media you check the website and then you get there and just have like a handwritten sign just saying sorry we're closed that can be frustrating uh or also this kind of situation where you go somewhere and yeah you travel across the country and stuff and one of the big things you want to do but it is what it is and i think around five or six years i kind of just got numb to it and just you have to throw your hands up and say shogunai but um yep so now i'm walking through that cat street area and one of the things that's so cool like i look around and I just see a lot of you know, shops. There's a big Adidas store, an Oakley store, Columbia. I guess a lot of Western shops, right? But then, you know, right off the side, there's these small streets with houses. You know, there's, there's people living there. 
it's this really great mix. And I think it's one of the things that made me fall in love with Japan originally of residential and business mixed in together. I was talking to my Japanese friend the other day. Kind of the topic was missed opportunities in Japan. And、uh, we live in a beach town and we just feel it would be such a cool place to have bars or izakaya along the shorelines. And you see lots of these kind of cute, quaint neighborhoods that you would just think would have some kind of marketing towards them or I don't know how to put it. In some sense, I think it's great. It's, there's no gentrification, right? It's very raw and just natural, and the local people are there. But I think it's coming out with a very Western mindset of like, how can we capitalize on this or make money off of it or something? I was telling my friend that, that you know, I have this bad feeling of this capitalistic mindset.、Uh, he was just trying to say, no, no, it's not like that. I mean, he's Japanese, so there's a certain amount of authenticity there. He's like, no, they just don't think that way. Like, if they could get money off of it, Obviously, massive generalization, but he, he was saying he's feeling that if they knew they could get money off of it or how to get money off of it, they would totally do it. It's just they don't even think in that direction or they think it's just too risky to do something like that. And this is one that comes back a lot. Matt and I have questioned why in Kansai, where we live, these huge cities, you know,、uh, two million people, Kobe, Osaka, I think, seven million, something like that. Why don't these big companies that are out in Tokyo come out our area, to our area? And then, I don't know, the thing we kind of hear time and time again is just, yeah, the, Tokyo has a more of an entrepreneurial spirit where the rest of Japan doesn't. And this is like the one place you do go if you're trying to start up something like that. So, interesting insights. Tangent, there's going to be lots of tangents on this、uh, walk and talk, sorry.、Um, but, I personally love, in that same conversation, my Japanese buddy was telling me like, he doesn't like the mixture of residential and、uh, business. You know, it should be separate, but I, I love it. And、uh, this, these back streets of Harajuku could do it so well. I do think it would be one of my, my dream spots to live. Because, like I, I was kind of saying before, I love just rolling out of a house and you know, having an awesome cafe. and... We just passed the headquarters visitum shop, which is always one of my favorite brands. And it took me three or four trips to come to Tokyo to even find that shop. I was always walking around it.、Uh, I kind of knew it was in the neighborhood. I didn't have like the exact map location because there's no sign. And yeah, it was, I mean, there's ups and downs of that. But once you do know where it is, it, it is really cool.、Um, so yeah, really cool mixture of Japanese companies out here on Cat Street and Ruharja. And of course, the famous、uh, Japanese kind of startup brands. So many cafes, boutiques. I'm out now on a Monday at 11 30. And mostly females, young, young females over here, but really not busy, really quiet.、Um, I'm, like I said before, I'm trying to buy a hair, a hair product that I can't get out where I live, and that's where I'm walking to next.、Uh, Even though I couldn't get my coconut donut, I had a salted caramel donut. It was very, very awesome. Good coffee there, too. About 10 bucks for a, a cappuccino and a big donut. I'm feeling very full.、Uh, I did walk into the place at 10 50, and they said, oh, Sorry, we don't open to 11, which is uh, uh, me having a child. Now I'm an early riser.、Uh, it does somewhat feel, and I, I only have four or five days here, I want to make the most of all my days.、Um, I do sometimes feel like I can't really do anything until 
12, 1 o'clock. Some shops, you know, some record stores and stuff I like, clothing stores don't open till 1 o'clock. And a lot of times those same places are closing at, like, 8 o'clock. So I don't know if there's a lot of preparation that needs to be done when you're not dealing with customers or something like that, but I do sometimes think, like, huh, there's this preconceived notion that in Japan uh, people work really, really hard. And I think within a Westerner community in Japan, that's often a question of, is it working hard or is it working long hours? I'm not going to really get into that here, but I'll open that up for you to think about if you've not heard that one before. But um, what I do question is that these shops are open like six or seven hours. I think, man, <laughs> that'd be a pretty easy gig. But I assume you got to prepare and do all these things behind the scenes. But yes. Donuts for good. Now looking for a hair salon. I'm walking on a Motosando's like main drag, probably a Motosando Dori, a Motosando Street. Very famous, very beautiful street. Uh, trees lined all the way down, like tunneling. Uh, Tarando, a famous architect, designed on Motosando Hills, which is right across the street from me. On the other side of the street, there's a mixture of vintage clothing shops. I see a really cool Jurassic Park shirt. And my son's size, I want to check out, had a vintage shop called Santa Monica, which is one of the chains around here, which is pretty good. And then right next to that, you know, there's like Prada, a massive um, Goliath, you know, architecture. Uh, awesome. But it's, ah, I love that mixture of high end and kind of low end here. Um, yeah, but within, I don't know, a 15 minute walk or so, I've kind of gone from three distinct parts of Shibuya which Shibuya is like a, a district of Tokyo. So you hear that name thrown around a lot, but there's like Shibuya, Shibuya, which is right by Shibuya Station, which isn't always my favorite. That's kind of where I started, where I'm staying. Um, I'm a little on the outskirts of that. We went through Uda Harajuku, Cat Street, uh, very quickly. And now we're into Omoto Sando, which is probably the, the ritziest or the most high-end uh, area, so. Yeah, just kind of want to give you a bit of update, a feel for Tokyo uh, 2020, summer 2020, when the Olympics were supposed to be happening. One more thing before I go um, is, <laughs> this is a good time for it, the construction. There's some famous construction for those of us who live in Japan, which is Shibuya Station area, has always been under construction. From anyone I know who's lived here for the last 15 years, Every time they go out and visit Shibuya, they just always talk about, is this construction still horrible? And that whole station is like almost impossible to navigate because the construction is so bad. If you have a stroller or you're someone who's got uh, any kind of walking issues, uh, very difficult for them. Even for me, a healthy guy, uh, I have a hard time navigating that station due to the construction. So the big thing was like it was supposed to be done by the 2020 Olympics. It is nowhere near, they would not have been done. I'm sure they are so happy to have this excuse to buy an extra year of time. Um, but no way, no way. It's still a mess. And I'm really curious to see if that would have been different, but I can't imagine it would have been. So yeah, you could hear some of that construction going on in Amoto Santo back there. So I just took off on a, just because I'm recording a podcast and I don't exactly know where I'm going. I just jumped off on a side street and it's, you know, that's a big main street. That feels like you're in one of the biggest cities in the world. And instantly when you get off, oh man, I found the place. Uh, yeah, instantly when you get off, 
so quiet. It feels like a cool, like hip, kind of this residential neighborhood that locals will live in. And there's tons of bag shops, the salon I want to go to, lots of clothing stores. So as always, Tokyo is the uh, shopping destination of the world, I think. I don't think there's anywhere that does it better if you're into shopping, eating, drinking. Um, yeah, haven't done a lot of nature on this trip. Haven't done a lot of experiences or things, but um, the year away from Tokyo, which is for me a long time, absence has made the heart grow fonder. And uh, it's, yeah, it feels pretty special to be here. It's nice that it's not crowded as well. So it does feel like a unique time in the history of the city that I like so much. But um, yeah, overall, still same old Tokyo, just a little quieter, a little more construction in some areas. But yeah, hope you enjoy this. Definitely check out Shibuya, Harajuku, Omonosando if you're into some of the things I mentioned. Now I'm walking during another awesome part, backside of Harajuku. I'm not even sure the name of it, uh, but Harajuku is just such a good place to get lost and explored. Huge houses, like mansions, and then next to like government housing. And I have a joke, there's this area where you walk through like Omonosando to Harajuku, and you know, it's a very wealthy area. You assume it has to be expensive to live out here, uh, but it's like a beautiful area. And there's some government housing. And I always ask my wife, I think there's like a big fight to get into that government housing. Like, does everyone want to live there? I know, uh, yeah, for me, in terms of location, it's, it's perfect. So it's really cool how they mix. Uh, where I grew up, uh, Michigan, Detroit, uh, suburbs of Detroit, it's kind of famous for having hard segregation. And yeah, I just love the, this, the diversity here. Um, old houses next to new houses. I'm walking by a, a wagoneer, a Jeep wagoneer from like the 1970s with like wood paneling on the side, parked at this house. So yeah, just the people that are attracted to live here are, are so cool and artistic and yeah, take the road less traveled. Um, you just see things that you never see in Japan here. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Shibuya Parko which I kind of let off with. Um, for me, uh, in the time that I lived in Japan, I would say, obviously in the first year or two, you're, you're living here, visiting here, you're gonna see a lot of really awesome things that excite you and blow your mind and you know make you so happy to be in Japan. But after a while, you hit a certain point, a bit of a stagnation period, you know, where yeah, I'm appreciating things all the time, but it's really been a long time since I've been wowed or blown away since those first two years of living here, you know? Um, and this, I, I, this is definitely that. Uh, I don't think I'll ever, again, kind of be blown away on the same level that I was uh, blown away a couple of days ago going to the Parco. Um, I describe it as, take the Tokyo you imagine for whatever reason, just watching anime, playing video games, reading architecture and design books like I did. Take what you imagine, this future technology place with like, for me, it was blending of like high-end stuff. Like everyone's just super fashionable wearing like 
Como de Garçon and Yoji Yamamoto, but they're playing video games at the same time. And well, there's good news and there's bad news for you. <laughs> if this is, if you're the same as me, bad news is that that's not really Japan. Yes, Tokyo has more of that than the rest of Japan, but even in Tokyo, that's、uh, not the norm. You can see that, but you have to kind of really search to see it. And, but the good news is there is one place now where all that does exist, and that is the Shibuya Parko building.、Um, it's, yeah, it's the state of the art building. You know, just crazy light displays everywhere and computer technology you didn't know existed. There's like a cafe there where there's all the Pepper robots. <laughs> Pepper's this robot who's been around for a while. She's kind of a, a failed robot from SoftBank. And they have a full cafe where like, there's only Peppers working there. You know, that, that's the kind of thing that, as I'm older now, it's kind of ridiculous and seems like a waste of money. But when I was younger, like, that's what I wanted, I think, out of Japan.、Um, that's there, that exists. Okay? This building is designed in such a way, it's so cool and like, artistic, but you can't navigate the thing at all. Like, I'm sure I spent seven hours there, six or seven hours, and I feel. I didn't see it all.、Um, part of the reason I didn't see it all is, yeah, the way this place is designed is pretty confusing. <laughs> But another reason I didn't see it all is、um, it's、uh, just so, so big and so vast, and you can only take so much. Now, I will say I'm a fan of Japanese clothing and Japanese fashion, so for me, that's a big reason to go to this place. They have everything. All, all the famous you know, Japanese brands, unless you're into some really obscure, like handmade stuff or something, they're gonna have all the big brands kind of in one stop.、Um, so, if you're not into that at all, you could probably still spend a good three hours here or so. Yeah, it's not gonna be a full day like it was for us. We got there opening,、uh, which was 11 because of coronavirus, but it's usually 10. And then we stayed there, you know, past dinner and for drinks.、Um, But basically,、uh, Parco is just a department store out here in Japan. And they are kind of known for like younger people. It's like a younger person's department store, kind of like a teenager or college age kid's department store. So it's not going to be as expensive as some other places in Japan, or the lines they carry are going to be a little bit different.、Um, I think a lady scoffed at me just now. I don't know why. I have a mask down to.、Uh, Talk to the phone. It's like hanging around my chin. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know if you guys heard that. Anyhow, it's very rare. So,、uh, Parco, yeah, it's kind of a teenager's department store. I would say this one, though, doesn't have that feeling. This to me kind of is like they were maybe urged by the Olympics coming up and they really wanted to like make a Japan cool spot. But <laughs> Japan cool is this horrible term the government coined a while back. But basically, I would say this is really why Japan's cool. Yeah, it has some of the kind of stereotypical things in there, like there's a Nintendo store, there's a Capcom store, there's a Pokemon Center, and that's all up on the same floor. So it's pretty awesome, actually, to get all that in one stop.、Um, I thought at least. So you're literally, you can see one from the other, and it's, it's pretty overwhelming. It feels cool. And my, you know, my teenager self was. was Going crazy inside.、Um, and there's a whole floor just for that.、Uh, there's like galleries in there, event spaces, a theater. I'm so sad that they had an Akita pop up where you could sit in the throne. And、uh, 
I think they had the leather jacket you could try on and they had all this exclusive art and posters and shirts that's gone now um that's temporary uh so yeah they have these kind of rolling pop-up events and yeah it just it really feels like you're you know in the future um and kind of what that life would be like so yeah that, that place is great the food is incredible on the bottom floor I went to a Kiseten, and it was such a modern take. And we've talked before about we love Japanese cafes and stuff, but what a real Japanese cafe is, is a Kiseten. And we don't, well, I respect them. They're not places I actually really want to hang out at because the coffee and food aren't that great. Um, by the way, I'm in Udahara Juku now. I just crossed over Main Street back in Morosando again, and now you're in the back streets. and looking around there's onozuka tiger shops tons of them they've expanded a lot uh onozuka tiger is a cool like japan made asics line and uh yeah just lots of small funky boutiques but anyway uh yeah this is really uh the food there was so so good so incredible this kiseten they've really modernized it so they had this awesome sound system all the vinyl records like you'd expect but a really nice chic bar too and they did have an espresso machine in there so they could do lattes. Uh, usually Kisaten are just kind of drip coffee or blend coffee. Um, and it just had like a very modern, clean feel. Uh, Kisaten and clean usually don't, not saying they're dirty, but they're usually so old and cobwebs and they have a very uh, vintage vibe, you could say. So I don't know, that Kisaten to me was kind of a real example of how this parko managed to take classic japanese things a lot of japan you know at this point is kind of dated from the showa era and really modernize it for maybe a younger generation um but i you know going on 40 now i thought it was very enjoyable still so i would say you know i think there's some series like 48 hours or 24 hours in tokyo dude all you gotta do is go to the parko uh they have local restaurants so they even have like a, a drag bar in the basement from Nichome. Nichome is a gay district out in Shinjuku. So they, that kind of shows you, I mean, the real taste of all different kind of subcultures. There's a bug restaurant and a bug bar where they serve bugs <laughs> and drinks and food. Um, it doesn't feel like a real gimmick, honestly. Like that they're not, what's the word? They're not uh, appropriating these subcultures. I don't know if that's the right term. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't, it feels genuine. It feels sincere. It's not like just for entertainment value. It does really feel like they wanted to reach out to kind of local shops from all different corners. There's lots of mainstream places down there too. Um, kind of really represent, if you were to really know Tokyo or go around Tokyo with a local, um, what would you do? The, the drag bar was fascinating because this place is all new and shiny and modern, right? It just opened recently. But that one felt like they took like a 40-year-old bar, a 50-year-old bar, and just put it inside. It was so old and dingy, and the chairs were like falling apart, even the walls and stuff. I don't know how, I guess, I don't know much about construction, but uh, yeah, it was, it was so, so cool, so incredible. I'm already thinking about if I should go back again on this trip, even though it's a short trip, just to try to see a little bit more of it. So... Anyhow, yeah, that's the Shibuya Parko building. Definitely a must if you're into just kind of Japanese cultures, design cultures. Uh, such a cool, cool place. There's a Disc Union record store in there as well. The rooftop gardens with like a 
kind of like food trucky kind of vibe so yeah such a cool blend that i think you could only really find in in tokyo and really kind of captures that shibuya spirit so check it out let us know what you think hopefully we didn't lead you astray and thanks for listening everyone <laughs> Sakebusei, Jaku, Okoa, Sonon, Nanimo, Sole, Tsusumon, Oko.